WBNE. Hello from elsewhere, I'm Casey. And I'm Valerie, and welcome to the podcast where we explore the themes and symbolism in pop culture. This episode comes to you straight from our hearts, I guess? Because today we're matching specific emotions to specific stories. So Valerie, it's not just me that thinks the house is haunted. I had a somewhat terrifying conversation with our four-year-old today, Uh four-year-old daughter. (laughs) Do I want to hear this? Um, It turned out okay, but... (laughs) In the midst of the conversation, I was legitimately (laughs) terrified because so our toddler, our almost two-year-old, she wanted to go upstairs with the four-year-old. We should really come up with some nicknames to use on the podcast. We'll do that. But in the meantime, I'm going to explain it in a confusing way. Yes, the two-year-old wanted the four-year-old to go upstairs and the four-year-old was like, I'm not going up there. It's creepy up there. And I was like, (laughs) and we've talked about it. It's like a low ceiling attic kind of space, but it's finished. Yeah, like slanted, uh, just a slanted roof line. Yeah, yeah. Um, And we don't go up there much because we have no need to. It's like a guest space. But um, yeah, she's like, it's creepy up there. I'm not going up there. I was like, well, why is it creepy? And she's, I don't want to tell you. It'll creep you out. (laughs) She's like, I don't want to tell anyone. It'll creep other people out. I was like, oh, she's holding this creepiness inside, you know. So I'm, I'm like, well, um, you know, I if you tell me, maybe I could help solve the problem. And she's like, no, you could die. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrifying. (laughs) And and I was like, I was like, "I, I don't think so. I think I think I really solved the problem. So I eventually got hurt. She's like. Well, it's just, it's creepy up there. There's like, like a, a square room with nails. And I was like, what? What, are you, what is she talking a, about? A weird square room with nails? What are you talking about? I was like, can you show me? She's like, sure. And then she gets down. <laughs> that and, sounds like um, in Matilda. Yeah, the chokey. The chokey. <laughs> square room right. with nails. <laughs> what? Like, what? We don't have a chokey in our house, and, I and, promise. And she said, and there's, there's monsters in the square room with nails. <laughs> I was really scared. And. And she took me, it's just that, that door to the like actual attic that yeah, there's we like don't. Yeah, there's a side attic space. Yeah. yeah. And I was, so I told her, I was like, oh, there's, there's nothing there. It's just an attic. And she's like, oh, okay. And then it was like five minutes later. She's like, wait, I had a dream about the monsters. That wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> That's where. So it was a dream that she had, but she'd forgotten it was a dream. Okay. So, but yes, in the midst of it, as I said, it was pretty scary. <laughs> You could die. You can't solve the problem. You could die. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because the other night she came into our room terrified. And it she was, was probably crying this. Me, yeah. Crying to me because she had a dream that I had been carried away by monsters. It was probably into the square room with nails. <laughs> <laughs> the monsters took me to the chokey. Mm-hmm. That is terrifying. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what other... Let us know what you think. Is our house haunted? Are people sick of us talking about it? It just keeps coming up. That that happened today as we're recording. So the house isn't haunted. If it was really haunted, I wouldn't be here. Casey. No, I wouldn't either. I am like easily terrified. I am so. too. Like like I said, that conversation. I was like, yeah. I was ready to move. So <laughs> yeah. it turned out okay because it was just a dream. But I was ready to move. Start uh, packing bags. Well, I have an all important question for you, Valerie. I'm ready. I'm so ready. So as you're experiencing a story, so movie, book form, television show whatever it might be. What is your least um, least favorite emotion or feeling to experience? I hate when a story makes me feel queasy. Mm. Like, 
Anytime they're stitching up somebody's wound, nope, nope, Oh, yeah, nope. you hate that. When they cut into somebody with their little scalpel, nope, uh-uh. I'm closing my eyes 100%. In the, what is it, the prestige when he has to cut off the hand? The finger. Yeah, oh, is it just a finger? Yeah, because the the real uh, okay. one's finger got, got off. shot off by yes, a bullet. Yes, that's what it was. Okay, it's been so long since I've seen that one. But the finger, yeah, that scene, oh, turns my stomach. And I always know when those scenes are like... You can tell when they're coming. Well, yeah, and I'm always like, hey, Valerie, it's your favorite scene, <laughs> yeah. your favorite type of scene coming up. <laughs> exactly. So I should have guessed that for you. Yep. That, I'm like, that'd nope. be the one. Mm-mm. Yeah, Close I don't. my eyes. I don't like feeling all queasy about medical things. It's not for me. Mine's. I mean, with our kids in real life, like I can do a scraped knee, uh, whatever. Yeah, but, but that's it's... slightly different than a bullet to the yes, finger. Yes, this is true. <laughs> It's very true. Yeah. I haven't had to deal with anything like that in real life yet, <laughs> so we'll see how I do. Yeah. Mine's somewhat similar. I don't like to feel disgusted, you know, like like bodily functions or even when it's played mm. for laughs, like oh, yeah. puke's not my favorite thing on screen uh-uh. to see, you know, or anything that's just disgusting. So it could go along the same lines, queasy. I don't think it bothers me quite as much as, as it bothers you. Um, I can usually handle it a little bit better, but even then I'm pretty lightweight so we got some answers on the discord because i asked the patrons patrons. on discord um and we actually had a good discussion about the feeling of awkwardness because a lot of people really do not like to feel awkward yeah that's a big one yeah it's and it all came to michael scott in the office which he's my number one cannot watch person (laughs) (laughs) really not like a serial killer not like the which Joker, so which we might get to today. It's I, Michael Scott. I, I really, I mean, I like The Office. It's not my favorite, but I like The Office. And But when Michael do- Scott does something that's just so terribly embarrassing, like, it is painful to watch. Yeah, so our, our patron, Beaming Bookworm, she brought that one up. And so then we had a long discussion about The Office. And um, and then also, probably my favorite one was Allie in the Discord. She said her least favorite is whatever feeling whatever feeling it is you get when a yucky love scene comes on while your parents are in the room. Yes. Which is... <laughs> With the parents. Yeah. Which I... That one might be my answer now, too, because uh, it's so true. No, even <laughs> as an feeling, adult... I can sense that you feeling. You feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a memory, yes. you know, like a sense memory of, of what that feels like. Right. Yeah. Even as an adult. It's still weird. Because that's what my brother said in the, yeah. he's, in the Discord. He's like, yeah, that one doesn't go away. <laughs> oh, and then my my brother also said he, he hates when characters are fear, um, experiencing financial troubles, oh. which it doesn't bother me if I know that's what the show or movie is about. But mm-hmm. when there's something like a throwaway, throwaway line, it gives me intense anxiety. Like any time that Jake on Brooklyn Nine-Nine talks about like... <laughs> The crippling debt he's crippling in, debt. or they just spent like ten thousand dollars on that scam, and it's just oh, never yeah. spoken of again. Yeah, it's no. like that stuff gives me real anxiety. Yeah, he's like, it's or for all the money he shells out for the heists, the Halloween heists. He's like, right, it's okay. I spent three grand on this sign, and I'm like, ooh, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> just want to sit him down with a financial planner and say, Jake, get your life together. I'm sure, but then Amy, he has Amy. I'm sure Amy has tried that. Which is so funny because I'm sure she, and we, we know she feels that way about his. Oh yeah, because Amy so, and I are very similar. Yeah. <laughs> in personality, so. We are so excited for today's episode because it's going to be a fun one. We're doing something a little different. Yeah, it's kind of an experiment almost. 
we'll see how it goes. Is that a is that a like poor selling? Like <laughs> well, this is gonna be the greatest episode you've ever, ever. heard. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Of all time, best episode. <laughs> now we're over something. Now we're over we, don't, oh, dang. we don't know where to land. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a middle of the road episode. <laughs> that also sounds very boring. Well, I was just thinking about, because um, a few episodes ago we had our Power of Stories episode and we talked a lot about how stories invoke emotions and it's very a very real emotional feeling. And then we just kind of wanted to extend that, but in a more personal way, so... How, how would you explain what we're doing? So we made a list of emotions together and we decided... How many do we have? Ten? ten I of think them? there's ten. Yeah. We, we came up with ten emotions and we are each going to give a an example of a, of a story, whether it's movie or book or TV show or music. I have a song, Casey. I have a video game. So Oh, yeah. there we go. So any kind of story. Any kind of story. So for that emotion, which story evokes that for us? Like, makes us feel that yeah. emotion. Right, exactly. So it's not necessarily the one that maybe to a large audience is the most emblematic of that emotion, but just it's a very, yeah, personal. Personal, yeah, which how, is fun. What we feel. Because you can play along with us. Yeah, exactly. So when we say an emotion, you start thinking about what story makes you feel that emotion. Exactly. All right, What what's the emotion numero uno? I was just going to say numero uno. <laughs> Whoa. Get out of my brain. First one. We're starting off dark. Fear. Casey, what's... Oh, man. I should have put that on there. You should have put Norman Bates. I should have put Norman Bates on Psycho. there. Oh, he makes me feel so much fear. But fear, Casey... I wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> I just can't. I didn't put him on there. Remember but I do how... feel like the one that I put is similar to Norman okay, Bates. Okay, but real quick before you get there. Okay. Remember how like I really like the name Norman, and I've suggested it for... Um, a future child, and my grandpa's name is Norman, but you have a stipulation if, if we were to use that name. Yeah, I don't mind the name Norman, but we can never use it because Casey would say it like in the movie. Norman, like Norman, like Norman as like his, Norman his as mother, Norman's as mother. mother. Yeah. yeah, Norman. Yeah, and then I couldn't do it, and I know you wouldn't be able to resist, so we will never use that. You name. know me well, yeah, because I would yeah. not be able to to resist resist that. Nope. <laughs> Okay, so what's your answer for fear? What story evokes fear in Valerie? It's funny because mine is similar to Norman Bates. Uh, the Dark Knight, I cannot stand the Joker. Like, he makes me feel so much fear. Like, I am so terrified of the Joker in that movie. I don't feel like in general, like in a lot of stories, he's not quite as creepy to me. The Joker? The Joker, mm -hmm. yeah. But Heath Ledger's Joker is What is real it creaky, about creepy. him? In that movie that's freaking you out. I think big thing is the disregard for human life. Mm. Like from the very opening shot where it is one person, like they're robbing a bank. And one person, you know, gets the money and shoots the person before him. And then he like passes off the money to the next person and that guy shoots him. There's like 10 deaths in the first minute of that movie. Right. And then the way he plays with like psychological warfare with people. Like he's... Mm -hmm tormenting Batman to the point that he wants Batman to kill him just because then Batman would fall and it's just so creepy. And so, Oh, and the telephone scene in the jail? Nope. <laughs> There's another gross one for you. <laughs> Disgust. <laughs> but yes, the fear the that I get from you. Heath Ledger's Joker. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly well done and the movie is great, yeah. but I legitimately do not watch that movie. Yeah. I don't so I don't like being afraid. I know you don't like being afraid. That's another one uh -huh. emotion that is not our favorite. And so 
We oh, right. We don't do horror films. We don't watch a lot of scary movies. So my answer is a little bit different. And what I call fear might be someone else's suspense. I don't know. It's Okay. So the one I'm picked is more of a fear that I do like versus you've picked something that you don't like to watch. But um, I picked 10 Cloverfield Lane, which would be a fearful thing for you. Like just the premise alone. of. Oh, yes. You told me the whole story. Did I tell you the whole story? You wouldn't tell me what happened to the one guy. You said you don't want to know. And I trust oh, you that to, I don't want to know. To Emmett? Yeah. Oh, poor baby Emmett. <laughs> and I trust you that I don't want to know what happened. 10 Cloverfield Lane is so good. It's such a good movie. And I highly, highly recommend it. And I don't, yeah, I don't want to give anything away. But it's, and I, maybe it really does work more on the suspense level. But it's it's a movie that. No, I'd say it's fear. She's basically kidnapped. I mean, yeah, but like the overriding emotion of that movie, I think, is suspense more than it is fear. And mm. I think part of that maybe is because she's a pretty strong character. But I don't know how much to say about it. But I think maybe it's just because that movie sticks with me after I watch it and I think about it. And it's it's kind of fear, but it's the fun kind of fear. It's not like the, oh, I just watched a horror movie that I shouldn't have watched and now I'm afraid for a week. <laughs> Actually, let me. I really don't like the feeling of fear. <laughs> let me let me switch that. It's oh, I just kind of learned sort of what this movie's about by reading a short little synopsis, and now I'm afraid for a week. Yeah, I don't ever actually watch the movie. I just know what it's about, and then I'm scared. Right. So. This is why I gave up as a young girl. Gave up all sleepovers, like my own choice and free will, because they always watch scary movies at sleepovers, and I would be terrified. I don't know why. Why is that a thing? Why can't you watch a rom-com? I don't know, because it was like a parents go to bed and you get to be sneaky and watch a scary movie or something. You had bad friends. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Um, But I just... Didn't want to do it anymore. And yeah. so I'd always use my mom as an excuse because my mom's awesome. And she's like, you can always tell them that it's my fault. I'd be like, yeah. perfect. So they'd be like, you want to go to sleepover? Sorry, my mom doesn't let me go to sleepovers. <laughs> 100% blamed it on her when it was me not wanting to watch scary movies anymore because signs, Casey. Oh, signs? <laughs> signs. Yeah, not a fan. I just remember the alien's fingers coming out mm-hmm. from under the door. Yep. That's No, like I legitimately closed my eyes and tried very hard not to... It's one of those things where like you're trying to look like you're watching so that you're not being embarrassed by all the people around you mm. who are like Valerie's the so chicken. You just like make your eyes go out of focus or something. Yeah, you know, and or like you know just kind of look above the screen. But I distinctly remember seeing the alien's fingers under the doorway. Yeah, I don't like fear. I think Ten Cloverfield Lane's really good. It's about the extent I get. Well. Because it's not like horror scary. It is more of a. I, it's scary to me because it's a. It's a real life scary. The the main antagonist is just a real person, almost too real kind of a thing versus right. like a scary monster or aliens. That's it's much scarier um, when it's yes, when that's it can like be the real. Joker. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who is a psychopath. Yeah. John Goodman is just very not Goodman in, <laughs> in 10 Cloverfield Lane. He's not a good man. And uh, but it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. So, you know, what else is a good a good fear is like Stranger Things. We can do that. I can do Stranger Things. Yeah. This last season was definitely a little more gory, like made me a little more, like more gross, disgust. Gross, yeah, a little more disgust in that one, yeah, which wasn't my favorite feeling. But yeah. All right, what's next? Content on the opposite spectrum of feeling fear. What about what makes you feel just, content, just Casey? Just like happy, peaceful. Just happy, peaceful. When I think of content, it's just like something, a story that's comforting. Then it might be with a slight sense of nostalgia. And uh, anyways, the one I chose was Galaxy Quest. I feel content when I watch Galaxy Quest. It's just so, it's just so good. 
That's a fun just one. Love Galaxy Quest so much. It's like a top ten for me, and it's one of those that just I just feel content watching it. Content, I think, is those stories that you can you know if it's a movie, put on any time, or if it's a book, you just read it, even though you've you've read it a hundred times, and it still feels good. Galaxy Quest is like that in movie form. Alan Rickman, he just he just calms me in that movie, even though he's kind of a nervy character. Alan Rickman calms me. Yeah, he's great in that movie. That was the first thing I saw Alan Rickman in was Galaxy Quest. Yeah, because this was pre-Harry Potter. Would be Sense and Sensibility. Not Die Hard. No. No. He's in Die Hard? Yeah, he's he's Hans Gruber. But I didn't really watch. I've never seen Die Hard. I didn't watch Die Hard. And yeah, Galaxy Quest was the first thing I saw him in. No, I saw him in Sense and Sensibility. And then I saw him in Quigley Down Under with Tom Selleck. It's an Australian mm. period piece. It's so good. It's does so Alan long. Rickman have a mustache in that? He does. Oh, so they both have mustaches. Yes. Whoa. Battle of the mustaches. He's the villain. He's. I mean, it's Australia, but he like is the black cowboy. You know, black Stetson mm. style cowboy villain. By Grabthaw's hammer, what a savings. <laughs> it's one of the greatest lines. Yeah, that movie. That maybe that's why I feel content. Contentment. As I watch that movie, because it has so many good lines that are my favorite lines in all of comedy. So, like, is there air? You don't know. <laughs> Great Sam Rockwell moment, too. Sam Rockwell's, he, he also calms me, even though he's um, even much more nervy than, than Alan Rickman is. So, what's your answer for this one? So, there's a song by Stars, is the band, and the song is called... The Aspidistra Flies, and it is just the most soothing song. I but does it tell a story? It does. It talks about all the umbrellas in London. Okay, I I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. You can do what you want. <laughs> Even if it doesn't tell a story, Casey, it is the most content bringing thing to me. I think of all time. That's a good song. It's a great. That's song. It's a really good song. Be sure and add in a clip of that song because. I love it so much. All the umbrellas in London couldn't hide my love for you. All the rain on Thameside couldn't stop it shining through. You ready for our third one, Casey? A third I'm so emotion. Ready. Are you ready to emote some nostalgia? What, I am. What makes you feel nostalgic? Well, I was thinking more of what story does nostalgia really well. That's kind of the angle I was taking oh, okay. at. So like, I mean, it is a feeling in me as a viewer, but that's kind of the way I was thinking about it. So I was thinking of Star Wars Rebels. I think it's a good blend of clearly, you know, living in the Star Wars world. It's uh, a, a callback to the original trilogy in terms of the design of stuff. And then even so much of Ralph McQuarrie's art is evident in there in the characters and the design of robots and landscapes and everything but at the same time it also tells new stories with new characters so i just love that that it's it is very nostalgic but it doesn't let nostalgia overrun itself if if i'm making any sense here no i i think that's a great point I love all things Rebels. I was like, after I finished my list, I was trying to think of a way. I was like, wait. How can I fit Rebels how in? How can I fit Rebels in? And I was like, no, that's not really the point of this exercise, but also. I, it's okay. I think I might have had a couple that I sort of squeezed in there. Mm, thought but, of the story and then put an emotion to I it. But I moved them all around so much and added and moved stuff that I don't remember the, the impetus for any of them, but it, it was, it's definitely possible. So what's yours? Well, for me, I went the opposite way. Mine is 
a, a movie that makes me feel very nostalgic when I watch it because the house that we live in was my grandparents' house and my grandmother only owned like five movies on VHS. And the one that I loved the most was Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm with Shirley Temple. Oh, Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple makes, I love Shirley Temple. That makes me nostalgic too. Yeah. And that would be my favorite one to watch. Every time we'd visit grandma, I loved watching Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. And the movie's just so cute. She is like a child, not actress at the time because it was like radio voice acting mostly. Mm, yeah. Um, but so she, so in the movie anyways, she's also a child actress, which is funny. And, but she doesn't get a part. And anyway, she goes to live with her aunt in the country, like her stepfather drops her off there. At the titular Sunnybrook Farm, I assume. Right. So then she gets to experience farm life. She's like a city girl and she gets to, she's a cute little girl and she's all excited to wear some overalls and do some farm chores and they sing all kinds of cute songs and the story is really fun and it just makes me feel really nostalgic for my childhood. Out of curiosity, what are the other four movies that your grandma owned? The Lion King, uh-huh. Bambi, hmm. Fox and the Hound. Really going for animals here. Yes. <laughs> And then there was one that was like, it was a second of something that we never watched. Like it was the either but, like... The Buttercream Gang 2. No, it was either like, the Poca- like Pocahontas 2 or, or the second Lion King or it was a second of something that we just mm, never direct ever watched. VHS direct to VHS ones. Direct yeah. to VHS ones. Yeah, that we just, that one we never watched. Maybe one of my siblings remembers. Those are the ones I remember her having anyway. Good old VHS. She had a, a, a small stash just for the grandkids when they would come visit. And we were probably getting crazy and she just wanted to put on a movie. <laughs> it's the grandma's prerogative. Yeah. My grandma did that. Yep. <laughs> she had weird movies. What were your grandma's movies? I don't remember. There might have been a Land Before pretty, Time in preachy. there. Oh, some classics. Like Once Upon a Forest. You ever see Once Upon a Forest? <laughs> no. Actually, I don't think my grandma had that. That was one we owned and watched often. Once Upon a Forest, the little girl gets sick because of like the gas spill from the truck that crashes in the forest. <laughs> so they have to like go on a long journey across the forest to find some magic leaf mm. or potion or some yeah, something naturally. to, to um, heal the sister from the horrible toxic fumes from the truck accident. Nope. Never saw that one classic we did have buttercream gang growing up i love the buttercream gang also preachy <laughs> it is preachy uh rigoletto also preachy it's another great preachy movie like, apparently that's our next category Not preachy <laughs> we didn't even put it on the <laughs> no on what it makes us feel when you're feeling like you're a bad person <laughs> the movies that make you feel like a bad kid <laughs> and that you need to correct your ways <laughs> all right what's the what's the next emotion or feeling oh don't make me say it <laughs> Huga. 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 Yep. H Y G G E. Huga, the Danish and Norwegian word for a mood of comfort and warmth and coziness, I guess. Yes. So, what is your Huga story? I we listened to the pronunciation of this on Google. Yeah, because they like added a little robot face voice, not robot, but like a an animatic animation, an animated face. That moves its mouth, so you can also listen while you watch the face move yeah, in the proper way. See how way. the yeah. word is formed, but I, I made a mental note: Huga, just like Hugh Grant. See Hugh with the G at the end there, so Huga. So I'm gonna remember it forevermore. Does Hugh Grant give you Huga? Yes. <laughs> Co- a sense of coziness. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know about cozy. He makes me laugh though. But the one that I picked was Mary Poppins. I just love Mary Poppins. 
she makes me feel warm and cozy. Just the movie, and it's always been my favorite Disney movie and my favorite Disney character. I, I love Mary Poppins so much. The movie is an imaginative film that, as a kid, I always really loved, the popping into chalk drawings, and, and even just the experience of being in London on you know Cherry Street Lane. Feels cozy. Feels cozy. Yeah. My answer is The Princess Bride, the movie. Mm, I mean, I yes. like the book, but the movie in particular really gives me a sense of, of Huga, of, I don't know, that's the perfect rainy day movie or, or sick day movie, The Princess Bride. That's, I think it's because, you know, the, the frame narrative is the grandpa reading the book to the grandson who's sick and bad, and it just right, feels Right, he's all cozy comforting. in his bed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Also, the kid's not, like, throwing up or anything. Yeah. So do you think he's just, like, home with a cold? Or maybe he's just done throwing up. The very up. first sound of the film is him coughing. But then as they're talking, he doesn't really like, cough much, I don't think. Right. I'm just wondering. I feel like he's on the mend, but. Maybe that's it. I just, when our kids are on the mend, it's really hard to get them to hold still. still. Like, if they're actually really sick. Right. Then they're a little more lethargic. Lethargic, but, and they'll hold still and just. But to try and keep your kid in bed all day would be really hard. <laughs> like the mom who's like, stay in bed. <laughs> all right. The next emotion or feeling is amused. What story amuses you? The story and the character in particular that amuses me is Anne of Green Gables. Anne Shirley is incredibly amusing. She's always up to some kind of antic that is just so innocently done, but is just so amusing, really funny. Like Casey, you've seen the movie at least, right? The old like miniseries? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you remember the story of her inviting her friend Diana over and Marilla has given her permission to share some of the, um, like, what is it? is it, like a cherry cordial, like a special juice, like a drink that, that she has made. She gets mm. to have some and share it with Diana for the, for the, uh, for their tea party. They're feeling very grown up and Anne accidentally gives Diana the one that has alcohol in it and not the, and not the <laughs> non-alcoholic cordial. <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> and Diana, so she's like 12 or 13. Not fantastic. And she <laughs> loves it so much. She just like thinks it's delicious. So she keeps drinking it. And Anne's like so, you know, butterfly nervous about being a great and proper hostess that she doesn't drink any of it. So she doesn't realize <laughs> that it is alcoholic. <laughs> so Diana gets sent home in like, she's tipsy when she's sent home. She's like 13 and she's drunk. She's <laughs> That's terrible. Funny. But amusing. It is terrible, but amusing. Mm -hmm. The entire series is like that. Very amusing antics that Anne gets up to very innocently. She's just prone to trouble, and it's fantastic. Well, there must be something amusing about redheaded teenage girls, because I pick Squirrel Girl. Yes. <laughs> the Squirrel Girl books, specifically. They're so good. Both the comic books and the prose books are both just so amusing. Right. The mm, chapter books by Shannon Hale. Yeah. I love them both. They're if you really haven't read funny them, you should. and witty really and funny. entertaining. Like, anything that fits the definition of amusing is, is Squirrel Girl. They're just... So good. So good. Can't recommend them enough. They're some of my favorites for sure. And I, I don't even know how to describe how it's so funny. It's just, they're very... Um, they have a comic booky humor to them. Yeah. Which is like an old time comic book mm -hmm. humor, which is fun. And they're very modern in the sense of humor. Like, you know, they incorporate text messages and uh, Twitter and it's just right. funny. And it's kind of a... They kind of bring the other Avengers down a peg a little bit. Like right. the way that Squirrel Girl basically ghosts Tony Stark 
um, <laughs> and she's uh, trying to get an Avengers number to ask for help solving a superhero-y problem. Right. And Tony responds, and she's like, "No, it's okay. I'll just wait for Hawkeye." <laughs> <laughs> And her best friend, like a, has a big crush on Thor. Oh, and Thor gets just comes and visits her house. Um, and brings socks or name? something. Um, and Anna or something. Oh, I can't remember. She's great. She's a great character. I know her family is Hispanic because her mm-hmm. mom is like serving Thor like empanadas and all these yeah. homemade yeah. wonderful foods. And uh, yeah, it's really great. It's just so good. Yeah. Anna Sophia. That's her name. I, I thought maybe that was it. Yeah, okay. That's her name. Yeah. And Hydra comes and they're like hiding under a mall, which is like Stranger <laughs> Things 3, but right. Squirrel Girl did it first. So, um. Anyways, before we give away everything, go read Squirrel Girl because it's so funny. Yeah. It's a very amusing. Well, and that's the second one. It's not, I mean, you can kind of tell it's not much of a spoiler that I just My dear girl, shared, but it amuses me too. I don't know what you're saying. Okay. What is that from? <laughs> Robin and Hood. Green Gables. Oh. No. That's another amusing <laughs> film. Robin Hood, the animated mm. series, and, and Prince John um, says that he amuses me too. Anyways. All right. What's our next emotion or feeling? Suspense, Casey. Suspense. What makes you feel suspense? I like suspense, so this one was tricky. I do too. But, um, I, I don't like scary. I do like suspense. So I just decided to pick something that I really love, but I haven't really had the chance to talk about on the podcast before. Um, so I picked The Long Halloween, which is a Batman graphic novel. Probably my favorite graphic novel, period. It's really good. Um, and very, you know, speaking of The Dark Knight, it's pretty clear that Christopher Nolan had, um, that he enjoyed The Long Halloween because there's some stuff in there, especially because it has a lot to do with Harvey Dent. So all the Harvey Dent stuff is very reminiscent of The Dark Knight. If you read okay. it, if you read it, you know, having seen the dark knight obviously the long halloween came came out pre the dark knight it was late 90s i think but it's just so good and so suspenseful because there's a a new killer in gotham called holiday who has like high profile killings every holiday and so they're trying to find out who it is and stop it before it happens kind of stuff um That's but it's a good premise but it's really great and it incorporates like the entire rogues gallery of batman villains so it's if you're looking for a good batman story and you don't know where to start and you just want something that's like self-contained, The Long Halloween's really, really good. Do we own that one? No, that's one I would like to own, but um, we don't own any graphic novels, actually. We used to own V for Vendetta and Watchmen. We own lots of middle-grade graphic novels. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's our one of our son's favorite yeah. genres. But yeah, The Long Halloween is is absolutely fantastic. Especially, I love Harvey Dent. He's my favorite Batman villain. Um, Harvey Dent and Two-Face, I guess. And uh, it's a very good story for that. So You have to read it. The one that I picked is Jurassic Park. Because even though I've seen it dozens and dozens of times, it's still suspenseful every time I watch it. When we were living in Arizona, there was a movie theater by us that was playing it in theaters. And even though I knew where all the scary moments are, I still jumped multiple times. Right. Like, embarrassingly jumped because... <laughs> It was just so great on the big screen. And side note, Jeff Goldblum with his glistening chest looks pretty good. 30 feet high. Just say that. (laughs) On that giant screen. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) But yes, Jurassic Park, Spielberg in general is really good at suspense. Suspense. Um, Ooh, like when we watched Jaws. He and Hitchcock are my favorites at that. And yeah, Jaws is very suspenseful. Um, They're fantastic at that. Yeah. But Jurassic Park. I also, I guess, honorable mention, because I had a hard time deciding, but... 
so I'm just going to cheat and say Knives Out as well. Um, it's a really good suspense movie. Especially because I was thinking about it with, because I picked The Long Halloween, which you don't know who the killer is the whole time until the, you know, until the very end. But I love Knives Out because you are, you learn pretty early on who the killer is. And it's, the suspense is more of how are, are they going to, are they not going to get caught? This kind of thing. So it's, it's much more playing with the, um, like dramatic irony of you as the audience know more than some of the characters know. Um, so I love when stories do that to add to the suspense. So can't recommend Knives Out enough. But yeah, sorry I cheated and gave two. I had two in this category too, actually. What was your other one? <laughs> My other one was The Day After Tomorrow. With Jake Gyllenhaal. With Jake You're Gyllenhaal. Like, Am I going to love him as much as the last time I saw it? And the answer <laughs> is yes. <laughs> Val, you need to watch John Mulaney's Sack Lunch Bunch. Mm. At least the very end of it, because there may be a certain cameo of a certain actor you find attractive. Absolutely. <laughs> I will definitely watch He's that. very different in this than The Day After Tomorrow, though, just so right. you know. Well, he's like a teenager in <laughs> right. The Day After Tomorrow. The Day After Tomorrow is probably where my crush on him started, actually. Wasn't October Sky? Oh, it was definitely October Sky. That one came out first. You're right. That's a fantastic movie. Oh, that is so good. We haven't watched that for a long time, though. No. Do we own it? We should. If we don't. But we do not. Oh, man. Someone's got to stream it, maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> so good. Chris Cooper, Laura Dern's in there. Come on. I forgot Laura Dern was the teacher. Yeah. Huh? That's right. Miss Riley. Miss Riley. <laughs> <laughs> she believes in them. We should have picked like That's euphoric. Hopeful. That's a euphoric We should have picked movie. hopeful as one of our feelings too. Mm, I feel hopeful. like October Sky would be a good one for hopeful. There you go. Yeah. Just squeeze that right in there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I remember really loving that one as a teenager. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't know if it holds up to my memory of it. But I love the whole, you know, they're trying not to freeze to death and they're trying to m- make it to safe they have locations. To burn books to stay warm. Uh, yeah. Probably Anne of Green Gables. That might be one of my favorite, that might be one of my favorite <laughs> jokes in a movie of all time, though, is when two of the characters are in the Library of Congress and they're like debating. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> do we burn Nietzsche or this? I don't know. I think it's like Nietzsche and somebody else. And somebody else is like, guys, there's a whole huge section on tax code over here. We can burn it all. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. <laughs> do that <laughs> we don't condone book burning not i know i said i said uh anne of green gables but i was joking i have nothing against anne of green gables i own three copies of anne of green gables casey well none will be it burned. gets cold um <laughs> so our next we'll burn the plastic emotion. dvds first it'll smell <laughs> it would smell so bad Good toxic fumes casey um, we live in a I just trimmed all the bushes around our house. We got plenty of things from outside we That's can true. burn first yeah. before we need to burn our books. Um, but yeah, and the wolves. The wolves on the ship that they have to go get the medicine from. It was really suspenseful. Yeah. Anyways, what's our next category? Sorry, uh, our next category is surprise. What movie surprise. surprises you, or movie or book or um, spoken word spoken word play? Uh, a series. Mine's a TV series. Okay, what evoke what? Which one? What what TV series the surprises good place. you? The Good Place. Every time you think, where the heck is this story going next? They have some other crazy ending and you're like, what? Did not see that coming. And then you're like, okay, I think I'm getting a gist, the gist of the show and what's going to happen. You can kind of, and then you're like, nope, nope, didn't see any of that coming. Yeah, it goes in so many crazy Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy Baramy directions yeah. that you can't even you fathom. You cannot predict the ending, which is one of the things I love about it. Normally... Endings are yeah. predictable. You can, you know, you generally know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
You can see it coming, but not in the good place. It is the most surprising show I have ever seen. Yeah. Show, movie, book, otherwise. Yep. In the very near future, we're going to do a good place episode. Yes. So, so start binging Start now. watching it. Yeah. Watch. There's only four seasons. Come on, yeah, guys. You can do you it. Can do it. Mm-hmm. It's so <laughs> we good. We believe in you. And it's so surprising. I think that's fantastic emotion to pair with it. Surprise. Yes. What I picked, was yours? Well, when I thought of surprise, I was thinking of like, what's my favorite twist in a story? Mm. Um, so I picked a Star Wars property, but it's not the big Star Wars twist you would expect. It's I'm not picking Empire Strikes Back. I'm picking the video game Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic because... You're just going to have to move on on your own here because I know nothing about that's this. That's okay. I will not be able to chime in. I'm not going to give like a whole plot synopsis or anything, but you play as a character who starts out without any memory and you eventually gain force powers and then you go train with the Jedi and there's this evil Sith Lord named Darth Malak and then there was a bad Sith Lord named Darth Revan, but he's gone now. And lo and behold, you learn that you as the character are Darth Revan. And the Jedi erased your memory and tried to train you to be good, which is like, that's a, that's a, that's a dark moral choice that the Jedi made there. And it raises a lot of ethical questions, I shall say. Hmm. Um, but I just remember is that. Is it better to try and help somebody be good or let them be bad? But without their knowledge of them? it, that's the thing is like you, they erase your character's memory and then are kind of forcing you to have a second chance kind of a thing. Interesting. Anyways. Well, I do feel like once you figure it out, then you have the option. Well, you do. And that's the whole the whole game is that. Ooh, so you can play it as the dark side? You can. You get to every choice you make gives you good place or bad place points, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the light side or the dark side. And then by the end, you make really big choices of destroying the Jedi or destroying the Sith, basically. And I just remember that twist because I was, I mean, in my mind, Darth Vader has always been Luke's dad. That was never a twist to me. Um, I mean, I definitely understand its importance in cinematic history, but it never hit me in an emotional way. Whereas I remember, I remember vividly playing this game and just like, I probably audibly said, what? Like, (laughs) it was just the best twist to experience real time. And now that, you know, now I've given it away to everyone. That was the, that was the thought that came to me. Because even explaining it to you, you thought it was a pretty good surprise twist, right? Yeah. That you are the villain. So good. So good. Casey, what story makes you feel sorrow? Serenity. Because it's over. That was what I thought. Like when I go through a, a another phase of watching all of Firefly, and then I watch Serenity, I get super depressed. Like it, it's one thing to read all of like the Harry Potter series, and then the last one's over, and you, I I tend to go through a depressive day where I'm like, oh, what's the meaning of anything? And I nothing means it. Like it's super nihilistic and existential dread, and that's just how I experience stories because I get really into them, especially when they're something really long, like. Harry Potter, or you watch all the Lord of the Rings movies. I just... Yeah, when you've been living in that world yeah. for a long time. But it feels even worse Sadly. when it doesn't quite have a... Like, it, I mean, Serenity is a great movie, and it concludes very well. But then the thought of, like, well, we could have had more mm, more story. I don't know. It could have been. Yeah. I, have a, um, I, haven't, I haven't watched Firefly and Serenity for a long time, but that was what came to my mind. And... Because I remember I was in my friend Seth's basement and we were, I had never seen Firefly, the TV show. I didn't know what it was. Um, I had no idea. But then there was like a special on sci-fi that was like, here's this movie coming out that was based on a TV show that um, kind of had a cult following, but no one really saw. 
And I was like, that movie looks pretty cool. So we went and saw the movie and I hadn't seen the TV show. And a lot of people will say, well, you have to watch the TV show first. But I liked being just thrown in and I felt like I could follow it just fine. And I love that movie. It's really good. It's really, really good. But I do feel sorrow at the end, especially because certain people die. I'm a leaf on the wind. I love that man, that Alan Tudyk. I'll just Alan say it. Tudyk I love him. and all the things that he has done. He's so yes. good. Anyways. What I'm guessing you're going to go in a very different direction I here am. for sorrow, <laughs> and so you're going to bring things even more down. Really down. We finally watched Jojo Rabbit. Oh, Jojo Rabbit! It's so good, guys. So good. And it's really, f- I mean, for handling dealing with World War II and and a you know Nazi Germany, it's really funny in places. But then in other places, it really is that heavy hitting sorrow of living through that experience yeah and i cried twice but the second time i don't know if i want to spoil it for people or not yeah because it's still new ish so i won't spoil it anyways there was one spot that just hit me i know exactly what spot you're talking about but really hard because it's one of the one of those experiences where the person that's supposedly a villain also does something really heroic and great yeah it's just such a beautiful poignant moment of a descriptive moment of human nature like the idea that we're not all good or all bad but we have both in us right and yeah i won't say more because i'm getting choked up just thinking about that moment but (laughs) it's so good guys so go watch jojo rabbit and then ask me which part i balled at and i'll let you know all right next we have powerful what story makes you feel powerful captain marvel oh yeah she's so bad a in this movie <laughs> guys she's like the best just the theme throughout where she's continually knocked back or held back or told she can't do it and then she does it 100 percent. and she's and, and that's just her own human nature being able to do that and then you've got the added level of her just being incredibly powerful in a superhero level way but I like that she has both. Some superheroes seem to be all their power, you know? Like, if you take away their powers, it's like, eh, they're not that cool. But she is already really cool without her superpowers. Being a, you know, a fighter pilot. Well, I guess an Air Force pilot. She wasn't allowed to go into battle. Well, I love it because it it does make you feel powerful because she goes through her her life with so many people telling her that she can't do these things. And so when she finally breaks through that, it just feels all the more powerful, you know? Yes. One of the most powerful moments I can think of yeah, is like when she reaches ultimate power mode. Oh, full power mode. Here we go. <laughs> go listen to our episode on full power mode and you can hear us expand more on Captain Marvel. Which is funny because the choice, the first answer I was going to have for this one was uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which mm. we also talk about in that episode. Yes. Full power mode. Full power mode. But I'm going to go in a completely different direction, okay. um, which is fun because we're both approaching this in very different ways. I chose... Dead Poets Society. That movie makes me feel powerful. Is a powerful... That sort of carpe diem, seize the day, um, live every day like it's just the most important day. And I just, I really love that movie. And it and also the idea of giving the students power against, oh, yeah. against the man, against their parents, their teachers that are leading them in very specific paths and yeah. in their lives and, and kind of giving a bit of that power back to the to the youths. Yeah. Well and it's not an easy an easy story about power either because no. like Neil, 
he feels powerless and takes certain choices um, based on that feelings of, of powerlessness and hopelessness. But in terms of other characters, uh, like um, like Todd, you know, he goes from mm-hmm. a very powerless character to being very powerful and, and self-assured and, and he seizes the day. And I, I really adore that story. So. so good. I think this episode has just been a chance for us to relive all of our favorite movies, Casey. It really, yeah, this episode <laughs> is just an excuse for us to talk about stories that we haven't talked about at length yet. And Apparently. so we can talk about them in, in little short snippets, basically. Um, and some of these stories we will, like we said, we'll have future episodes on Good Place and maybe Galaxy Quest. Yeah, because <laughs> I need to talk about Galaxy Quest all the time. Also, Knives and, Out is on our um, radar for the future. Yes, actually, so go we watch have that one. two Knives Out episodes on the radar on the on the docket so so go watch knives out so you're prepared for future episodes yeah definitely knives out galaxy quest that's your homework and the good place good place that's your homework (laughs) i wish my teachers had given me homework like that we are the coolest teachers you've ever had yes we give the best homework this is correct we should do that every episode let people know what homework they should be doing Mm, to prepare for future episodes episodes. yeah you can do the research along with us yeah exactly we should do that okay so so there you go it's a thing now it is now a thing (laughs) homework from elsewhere (laughs) (laughs) well what's our last emotion or feeling euphoric euphoric what makes you feel euphoria? Which is like the intense it. happiness or excitement, Casey. Not just normal happiness or excitement. Intense happiness or excitement. Right. Actually, I'm, I really honed in on the intense part for this. Okay. Even more than the happiness part. Do you want me to? Yeah, go for it. Well, I, I honed in on intense excitement. Okay. Because I had a really hard time with this one. I don't know if it's a lot of stories make me feel this way or, or what. But I just feel like most stories have such an arc where it's like you're yeah. really happy and then you're really sad and then you, right. so it's hard to think of it as something that makes you euphoric all the time right and like overall at least that's the way i was approaching it and i've mine. said it before my favorite stories are all a little bit bittersweet and so that's hard for me too like um anyways i don't need to make a list here but those are my favorites and so yeah thinking of a story that ended on like pure euphoria was kind of hard like maybe a new hope um but yeah it's hard but i was just thinking about sort of that intense excitement I feel and I thought of the Mission Impossible series just Ooh. and again it's just an excuse for me to talk about but I love Mission <laughs> Impossible so much it's not even like a guilty pleasure at this point maybe no it's not even a guilty pleasure at this point I just love them and um the most I mean they're all good but yeah. the most recent ones especially I've loved yeah and the intense excitement is like the perfect yes. way to um, describe those and just going into watching it you're like oh this is gonna be another good action movie they're just yeah they're I mean action movies you don't always get um, I don't know there can be some shallowness to them I guess but I don't feel like Mission Impossible movies are super shallow they feel they just feel intense and I love them and I think that what Tom Cruise and company are doing with them has been Awesome. Like you said, especially the last few, the last couple have been my favorites. And um, yeah, mine too. I think it, uh, Christopher McQuarrie is a amazing director and storyteller and he really gets how to, how to present that intensity to the audience. So where did you go? What direction? Because I know you had a hard time with this, with this emotion as well. I did. I think this is the one that took us both the longest to decide on. Yeah. So I have two, Casey. Okay. That's okay. I, I picked a whole series. So <laughs> The first one is, they're two of the things that I, I feel like are bringing me the most euphoria at the moment in my life. 
like the things that I just love. Uh, the Lightning Thief mm-hmm. musical. So the Percy Jackson musical. Okay. I know what your second one is, but can tell me why I'm tell me why the Lightning Thief musical. I mean, it's just such a fun. The music is all really fun, and I I love the because I haven't read the books in a long time, but I love all the glimpses back to the book, and I have legitimately listened to it a dozen times this week, like the whole soundtrack. Becca would be so proud of you right now. <laughs> Today alone, I think I've listened to it three times. Like while I was out doing yard work and trimming bushes and trees, it just was on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and I now have our children hooked on it too. They each have a favorite song. Uh, but so that one's bringing me a lot of euphoria at the moment. And the other one that I thought of was Bluey. <laughs> Guys, I knew it. <laughs> I just can't tell you how much I love the Disney Channel, like Disney Junior. It is for children, children show Bluey. Let the record show that last night, night before last, Valerie turned on Bluey. The children were asleep. It was just the two of us, and she <laughs> yeah. turned on Bluey. I was like, Casey, have you seen the Granny's episode of Bluey? And it's I'd, so I'd funny. I'd seen it in a cursory way, sort of out of the side of my eye but yeah i hadn't i hadn't sat and watched it so, so I was like, you need to watch valerie the made me watch episode. the granny's episode <laughs> <laughs> what i it is very funny it's that's the thing is that there's because it's a kid's show it gets to just be fun and happy and and you know it's not always you know it's not conflict free like the, right. the sisters will often fight or have a problem or be sad about something um but i just love how everything is handled in that show. Yeah. Like I love the way the family interacts with each other. I love the way, I, I love the Australian accents and the funny <laughs> things that they say to each other. And it's just incredibly creative yeah. in its in its comedy. So it's a Disney Junior show that's on Disney Plus and you can watch it along with me as an adult. <laughs> you don't even need children. <laughs> But the children really love it, too. So I'd say that that show has been bringing euphoria to our whole family, Casey. It's a new favorite. I have some other super secret emotions I didn't tell you about that I'm I'm throwing at you here. (laughs) What story, Valerie, gives you the sense of shinrin-yoku, which is a Japanese word for the relaxation gained from bathing in the forest, figuratively or literally? (laughs) Okay. Um, Also, I feel like... That stresses me out, the idea of bathing in the forest. Just like, it doesn't, like I said, it can be figurative. Just okay. like, like peaceful hanging out in the forest. Okay. Hanging out in the forest. I mean, I love that. Yeah. So what story yes. gives okay. you that feeling? Um, sense and sensibility. Okay. What about the feeling of terab, a musically induced state of ecstasy or enchantment? It's an Arabic word. How do you say it again? I don't know. Tereb? Tereb? I don't know how to say these. Okay. I couldn't look up the pronunciation while you were here because then I would give away the secret. <laughs> so wait, the euphoria that comes with music? A musically induced state of ecstasy or enchantment. Maybe I'm just stuck on the last word, but enchanted? Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you were going to say like La La Land. Oh, La La Land would be really great too. But I was thinking enchanted. I love the music in that one. And it's like, she seems to live in that world. Yeah. So I feel like I live in it with her. I'd say Moana. That's going to be my mm. choice. I didn't say the last one. Oh, yeah. Uh, bathing in a forest or the rings, I guess. I don't know. I was just thinking <laughs> of a forest. Um, okay. What about the Tagalog word giggle? G-G-I-G-I-L. G-I-G-I-L. That's how you spell it. The irresistible urge to pinch or squeeze someone because they are loved or cherished. <laughs> it's like cute aggression. <laughs> I, I'm thinking the Mandalorian. Oh, baby Yoda. The child. That's yes, That gives me child. a sense of giggle. 
g- giggle, I guess. I <laughs> yeah, why not? It makes it, it's fitting for the thing, for what it evokes. Do you have a different answer or is that yours? What's just so cute, Bluey? <laughs> All I can think of is the little girl in Despicable Me. It's so fluffy, I'm going to die. Yeah. She has that feeling. What about Iksuarpak, which is an Inuit word for the anticipation one feels when waiting for someone, whereby one keeps going outside to check if they have arrived. I love that word. Right. And I love that feeling. Yeah. We had family coming to visit on Wednesday, and I felt like that all afternoon. Like, I kept, like, glancing out the window. Is the car pulled up yet? I'm thinking of The Force Awakens. You keep waiting for Luke Skywalker to show up. Mm. Yeah. Or waiting for Gatto, the play. Godot. Gatto. I've heard it both ways. I don't know that. It's uh, more arty kind of a play. Do not know that one. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Why? Just the whole series is... Like, I just remember that feeling of waiting for the next installment. Oh, waiting for Voldemort to come? That's it. Yes. No. no, but waiting for the next part of the story to come so you can enjoy those characters again and, and continue with them in their story. That's the same feeling. Like, I feel like waiting for the installment was the same feeling as checking the window. Okay, yeah. If it was out the window to see if they had arrived yet. Like, are my friends Harry, Ron, and Hermione back yet? Let's right. Let's see what they're up to next. That's a good one. Okay, then the last one. So after your friends have come... This is galjafrimp, which is the silent feeling you get when you've had visitors over for an extended period of time and the last person just left. Usually that's a joyful feeling. Yeah. For us introverts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, like that. But is silent, that what it intends? The silent, peaceful feeling. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think there's, yeah, there's like a calm after mm-hmm. the storm. Yeah, what story gives you that feeling? Especially if it's my family who's been over. There's a calm after the storm. <laughs> <laughs> there's just a lot of them. <laughs> hmm. Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Because hmm. it's like chaotic or what? Because it has that same emotions yeah. of periods of chaos and then periods of calm. And and the same like acceptance of letting people go is not always a bad thing. Yeah. I think for me it's Avengers Endgame. Because like you've had all these Marvel movies yes. leading up to that point and then that's like the last one. Okay. Also, I made up that word. That's not a real feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, what's that word from? Did you have did you me. have a reference? I wanted you to, you know. Yeah, when you said your family leaving, uh, that was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that just happened to us this week? Is that you? <laughs> well played, <laughs> sir. Well played. Well, we'd love to know your answers to these, to the to the 10 or even the ones we we added at the end. So Yeah, what was the one that you made up? Something frimp? Well, a galja frimp. Galja frimp. Yeah, what movie gives you, or book gives you galja frimp. But the main 10 were, and you can write these down if you need to, fear, contentment, nostalgia, huga, amused, suspense, surprise, sorrow, powerful, and euphoria, or euphoric. So yeah, let us know. Use the hashtag hello from elsewhere. We'd love, love, love to hear what your answers are. Casey, I need to go follow the hashtag hello from elsewhere. Because did you guys know that you can follow hashtags on Instagram? They probably all do. I was explaining this to my mother the other day. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What's that feeling you get when you explain a hashtag to someone? Yes. (laughs) We'd also like to thank our Patreons for supporting us, supporting us in our podcasting. We couldn't do it without you. And you too can become a patron of Hello From Elsewhere at patreon.com slash hello from elsewhere. We also have Happy Beeps t-shirt and Hello From Elsewhere t-shirts. Just follow the link in the show description. Hello From Elsewhere is a proud member of WBNE. Visit WBNE.org for more fabulous podcasts like our producer's podcast, Bacon and Eggs. 
Howdy, Yokes. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And we host Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast. It's the most roll your eyes, I've seen it before concept for a show. But with new hosts, I promise. Each week, we sit down together and watch a beloved movie. We start by looking at some critical and concrete points and let our conversation flow from there. We've covered all sorts of movies, from Jaws to Little Women. From the Lego Movie to the Lego Movie 2. From Marvel to Star Wars. From Back to the Future to Back to the Future Part 2. And tangents from our frustrations with fast food. To discussing our fear of the mighty loon. So if you want a podcast that makes you laugh, download Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. With new episodes available every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and now on WBNE.org. Ghostbusters 2! I, I, my, my hope and dream was that you would say that. Casey, it's really squishy in our hearts here. Ew. I yeah. was just going to say, like, it's that feeling I'm just disgust. emotionally exhausted, so <laughs> we should just do something cold and unfeeling. There you go. Something the opposite. Like like a chore we did go through all the range of emotions in this episode yes we did but we have one more emotion to emote from happy beeps oh yeah yeah happy beeps i was like what are you talking about <laughs> galgefrimp 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 beeps yeah galgefrimp beeps huga beeps happy huga beeps mm-hmm.